So uh, tonight's a little different lesson. You can be put a marker if you want in Ephesians chapter 6. We'll be there eventually. I brought a book. I hardly ever bring any external sources to read from. But uh, in Ephesians 6, you know that it says we're not battling against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual war that we're battling. In fact, I guess we apparently we're supposed to read that first. So let's do that first. I got it marked here. Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, that's who we're fighting against. Wherefore, because of that, and it is a spiritual battle, the only way you're going to win, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And we could continue. But it is a spiritual war. And the reason for this service tonight Every, the whole world knows we've had an election turmoil going on in the United States. Uh, there's been, uh, and, and I know some people listening to me may have voted a different way than I voted. But it's been uh, left versus right. It's been liberal versus conservative. And it's not only in the United States. I have friends in New Zealand. I have friends in Hong Kong. They've been going through elections also. And in both of those particular cases, New Zealand and Hong Kong, the result was it's as bad as it could be. It could not have turned out any worse for the Christian. And uh, this is not over till it's over. But either way, I'll be honest with you, either way, this warfare is going on. And there is a spirit that is trying to have domination worldwide. Now, when I say a spirit, I'm sure it's an army of spirits, but it's... Prince of, like Dave, if you're not familiar with the Satan's warfare and his tactics, Dave has some wonderful teaching series on that about, uh, you know, it's militaristic. He has strategies like any army does. And there's principalities and then powers and so forth. And there's multitudes of these devils. But how many know there's more that be with us than be with them? So we have forces on our side also. But we're the players in the middle. But you got to understand this is something going on really worldwide in the same way that you think it's a coincidence that suddenly Germany in World War II, Hitler's going to take over the world. And at the same time, Japan's going to take over the world. It's that spirit working in both of them. And then Mussolini and Italy, you know, others come on that that spirit is alive and well. That army of spirits is alive and well. And I'm the things that I'm seeing. I'm 74. I've been around a while. I never thought I would see the day when some pipsqueak company thought they had the right to censor the president of the United States. 
never thought I'd see the day where anybody would think they'd have the right to do that. But we've seen it. And it's going to get a lot worse. Now they're censoring all kinds of things. And many memes, you know, you know what a meme is? It's a poster with words, you know, a picture. One of the ones that I thought was most appropriate showed Donald Trump. And it says, they're not really after me. They're coming after you. And I'm just in the way. I think that is exactly the truth. But they are coming after us. Now, that spirit has had a head start in some other countries, as you well know. This book that I brought is called Jesus Freaks. It's published by The Voice of the Martyrs. It's by DC Talk, Voice of the Martyrs. I got mine online from Voice of the Martyrs. I assume it's still available. What it is, it's sort of a modern-day compilation of talking about persecution of the church and martyrs. And that has a lot of them. It even has Stephen in here, the first martyr, and others. But there's one in particular I want to read you. (laughs) This is about China and Chinese Christians from uh, 2018 up until this writing. So I'm just going to read it. It's very short. It's a couple of pages. Every Sunday at the appointed time, a moderator sets up a private online meeting And users' names begin to appear on the screen as others join the video feed. Then the moderator leads them in singing hymns and offering prayers. And they listen to the preaching of God's word. This is an illegal church service. In many places, it is a new face of the underground church. In China, the only legal Protestant church body is the state-controlled three-self-patriotic movement church. This is so the Communist Party only has to deal with one entity to be able to control what pastors are taught and what they are allowed to preach and who is allowed to attend their churches. This leaves Chinese believers with few options. Either they attend the three-self-patriotic movement churches or they keep their faith to themselves, or they meet as part of unrecognized, illegal, independent churches. These churches are sometimes referred to as house churches, since many began as small groups meeting in homes. However, in the last 20 years, these underground churches flourished and grew, moving from mainly rural areas to large urban centers. Some grew to thousands of members. And for a while, the Chinese government seemed to accept this. But then the numbers attending started to make the Communist Party nervous. So China instituted a five-year plan that would bring the churches under Chinese influence. They were going to change Christianity, with quotes. The five-year plan proposed retranslating the Bible and rewriting commentaries to introduce Buddhist and Confucian teaching into the Old Testament and to draw parallels between the New Testament and communism. It advocates, quote, incorporating Chinese features into church worship services, hymns and songs, clergy's attire, 
and the architectural style of the church buildings. End quote. The communist anthem is required to be sung at the beginning of every service. And a picture of President Xi Jinping must be hung in a place of prominence. Facial recognition cameras must also be installed in every auditorium to scan those who gather. Nationalistic messages replace the preaching of the gospel. House churches were then also systematically cut off from foreign support and influence. When independent churches refused to comply, pastors were arrested. You say, well, that's China. That same spirit is coming after us. You better know that. You better know it. We wrestle against principalities and powers. When independent churches refused to comply, pastors were arrested and the churches were shut down. As of this writing, when believers tried to gather in China, the police follow and interrupt the meetings, sometimes beating those in attendance. Most gatherings moved online. In response, in early 2020, one province outlawed online preaching. Did you hear that? It's a move that others may soon follow. Rather than be silenced, though, arrested church members were instructed to use interrogations as opportunities to openly share the gospel. Quote, by the grace and help of the Lord, try to turn the interrogation process into a process of evangelism. Read one church's online post. Try to turn the interrogation room into a new meeting of the church. Believers in China knew from the persecutions of their past what they might face in the future. And because of that, rather than pulling back, they prepared. They anticipated possible scenarios and determined to use them as opportunities for others to hear about Jesus. At the same time, they innovated ways to use new technologies to continue meeting and spread God's word. What should we be doing with the opportunities we've been given in our own nations to share the gospel? And then it quotes here, And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Now, see, right now, uh, Kevin's here tonight. Kevin was the first one that ever started kind of teasing us. You know, I'd say, we'd pull through Starbucks, and I'd get my latte, and I'd take a sip, and I'd go, boy, my latte's not very hot. And Kevin would say, that's a first world problem. <laughs> they didn't have my favorite brand of bread at the store today. Uh, that's a first world problem. See, we have had it so easy in the United States. We're sissies, okay? We're just sissies. But we're in for a war, and the way the winds are blowing right now in America, yes, sir, where a lot of people don't believe it. Just yesterday, I looked up something on Wikipedia. I read it to Sue because, you know, it's not like the Encyclopedia Britannica. You know, that's information. I read this thing, and it is information with propaganda. 
information with they have an agenda, boy. And I'm going, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie, you know. And they were totally discounting that the United States was ever founded for the preaching of the gospel or dedicated for Christ or anything like that. And that spirit is coming after you. I'm telling you, they are, like I mentioned this morning, in Minnesota, the current textbook that's being reviewed to be issued next removes no mention in it of the American Revolutionary War, the Civil War, World War One, World War Two, or the Holocaust. What's left? I mean, these are the things that have shaped America. Who said it? If you don't learn from history, you are bound to repeat it. See, what's happened? Our universities that were founded, Harvard and Yale and those major universities were founded by Christians for the spreading of the gospel, to educate lawyers and doctors and teachers to not only go do what they do, but to take the gospel with them when they did it. That's being salt and that's being light. Amen. But today it has been so, the curriculum that's being taught is socialism, it's anti-Americanism, it's coming against the true history of the United States and replacing it with a false narrative. There's a spirit, what I'm saying is there's a spirit, I really, yes sir, second time, (laughs) when I forget it he reminds me again. See, we were supposed to, and we have been. This nation has been the number one nation for sending the gospel around the world. We have been. But at the same time, what have we been known for for the last 40 years? Hollywood. Smut. Trash. Pornography. Just pure evil. And I'll tell you this. A prostituted gospel. And not so much now, but there for a good 30 years probably. I was appalled that time that I was in South Africa in a squatter camp, and they took up the offering. And I couldn't understand what they were saying because it was Zulu. And later I got to look in the little can. The people came. They didn't have nothing. These people have nothing. They live in these little hovels. You wouldn't believe how they live. And I looked in the paint can. There was a few little coins, in, a little paint can for an offering bucket. And it few little coins in there, but there was a button. I remember got a couple of buttons and a shiny rock. And I asked, I, later I asked, I said, well, what did the man say? What was he promising them? What was he saying to them right before the offering? And it was that old hundredfold return thing. Whatever you give to God, he's going to give it back to you one hundredfold. Which if you believe that, I recommend you to the Kingdom Finance Series at GaryCarpenter.org. Okay. <laughs> That's in the Bible, but if you lift it out of context, you're telling a lie. Okay? So a false gospel going around the world, turning what the truth into a lie. That's what America's been known for. We are going to take this country back. And I mean, we're going to take it back for God. But first, we're going to have to grow up. We're going to have to get some rhino hide. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. See, like right now, thank God for the technology we have. On Monday nights, I get to teach by way of Skype to Brazil. But do you know who owns Skype? Microsoft. Okay. They could pull the plug on that in a heartbeat. On uh, Friday mornings, I do a teaching to India, to a group of gospel entrepreneurs there. We're doing that right now by Zoom. I don't know who owns Zoom. But what I'm saying is that could be... That could be done away. Let's talk about, it mentioned they cut off their finances and their resources. 
for, I don't know how it is with Dave Roberson, but by far the vast majority of the income that we live on that we, and that we use to propagate the gospel comes in online. The vast majority comes in, most of it, from other countries. Well, Angie would have a lot of it from other countries. I don't know if it, most would be right or not. Well, the services that we use, PayPal is one. Another, I can't remember the name of the other one. This spirit that wants to shut us down, won't get, you know, they could cut it. It'd be real easy to cut that off. Real easy. So what I'm saying is we better toughen up, buttercup. Better get strong in the spirit. Not be fearful and unbelieving. And what he said this morning still applies. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither be afraid. There be more with us than be with them. God is smarter than all of them put together times a hundred. Okay? But that doesn't mean we're not going to have to make adjustments. It doesn't mean you better pray. You better get the mind of Christ for whatever it is he has you doing. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Now, I'm going to read a couple more because really that one was relatively mild. Put some little markers here. Give me a moment. A Christian prisoner in Cuba was asked to sign a statement containing charges against fellow Christians that would lead to their arrest. And he said, well, the chains keep me from signing this. The communist officer protested, but you're not in chains. He's a prisoner, but he wasn't in chains. He said, well, yes, I am. I am bound by the chain of witnesses who throughout the centuries gave their lives for Jesus Christ. I am a link in that chain, and I will not break it. Isn't that something? I had one more marked. These are all, I'm not reading you the, one of them here just recently, I think it's 2015, I didn't mark it, a believer in India, young man, had uh, several children, and uh, got saved out of the Hindu religion, and started distributing Bibles, trying to do it secretly, of course, because of the danger. Got found out. One day, they just showed up at his door, dragged him outside, shot him seven times right in front of his kids. But we're upset if our latte is cold. You know, we better strengthen some. Here's one more. This is a voice of the martyr's worker giving this testimony. I was in the Central Highlands in Vietnam when someone remarked about how the Christians suffer there. But one Vietnam Christian spoke up and said, Suffering is not the worst thing that can happen to us. Disobedience to God is the worst thing. Heroes. Hebrews chapter 11, people. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. And I see it. Kenneth Hagin prophesied this, what we're living in right now. He prophesied in 1963. I may, Angie, if you help me remember, we could post that as a PDF it's alongside this. But he saw this dark cloud like a man's hand rising up over this nation. And it was uh, communism. It was foretold many dark things. 
that we're going through right now. But it also, at the end of it, prophesies about the greatest harvest that the world has ever seen. And that's where I wanted to finish with this. I read part of this prophecy that came through Pastor Bronk this morning. Stay in intimacy, the rain is coming. I think we titled this morning's message, The Rain is Coming. I read the first two paragraphs this morning. I want to finish with the last of it tonight, and then we'll just go into the confessions. This is not a gloom and doom. This is get ready. This is get prepared. Even this year that we've been through has been preparing us for this. You were born for such a time as this. I I count it a great privilege and an honor to be alive in this day where we're going to see things like he said this morning that even in the book of Acts they did not see. Hallelujah. So I'm going to start in the third paragraph tonight. My character in you is being built daily for those who will spend time with me. My character in you goes beyond any place. The crowds will see and swarm to it in the future. His character in it. Many will look into this and appreciate it as into all everything that entails revival. But those who brought it will have a special place of intimacy, knowing that it was through your prayers and through your fastings and through your giving of places of intimacy and my fellowship with you that brought these things about. Now listen to this sentence. Count this year that has passed as a year of victory. I think only the Lord would say that. Count this year as a year, as a place in your life of spiritual growth. Now listen. Feel yourself fully equipped and ready to enter in to 2021. You hear that? Many will not go, but your focus has been recalibrated in this year. For you who are in that place that I'm describing, says the Spirit of the Lord, it will, mu- it will not matter to you if it's one or many or thousands that choose to go. Look around the room. We're going to do it no matter what. We're not moved by anything. Your consecration has been narrowed down to a laser focus in me that does not look to the strength of man. Or in numbers, says the Spirit of Grace. The cloud on the horizon is as a man's hand, says the Spirit of the Lord. But you will see, and you will see, to all those who have hearts saying, But I've heard, and I've heard, and I've heard, and I've heard. Be careful. Be careful, says the Spirit of the Lord, that your heart is not caught up in the things of this world, looking at the things that are coming. Be careful that you do not step out of faith. Be careful that you do not mock the prophecies of revival that are coming and coming and coming. That you do not grow weary in well-doing and put things, put these things off as man sayings. If you disregard all of anything that anyone has ever said concerning revival, then I direct you to my word. And I say to you, if you scoff at the possibility of revival, you're scoffing the end-time prophecies of my word. Embrace the continual possibilities of revival. 
Embrace the expectation. Do not say in your heart, but I've heard this, and I've heard this, and I've heard this. Now listen, that is the spirit of the world. And that is the spirit Satan is trying to defeat the church with. Discouragement. I've heard it, and I've heard it, and I've heard it, and become weary and well-doing. If you're not careful, pretty soon your mouth will engage your thoughts. And that's a downward spiral. Now here's a... What do good soldiers do? When you receive your orders to charge the hill, you salute smartly, and you charge the hill. Isn't that right? Now here he finishes with these instructions. Stand up in the Spirit. Let your hope come from intimacy in my presence, says the Spirit of grace. Now get this. He just got through saying all this stuff. Now listen. You're going to shout. You're going to run. You're going to dance. You're going to see the fulfillment. You are going to see the fulfillment of all these things. For I have prophesied these things in present day speakings. But yet I've given to you a more sure word of prophecy, which is the foundation of my word. You cannot fail. Say it. I cannot fail. You cannot fail in seeing the fulfillment of this if you stay in me. And I am pleased with you. I desire to show my pleasure towards you. Stay in that place of fellowship where I continually affirm to you my desire for you and my pleasure in you, says the Spirit of grace. Well, that's our instructions. I want to repeat parts of it. In fact, we're going to make a confession out of it. Is that okay? I stand up in the Spirit. My hope comes from intimacy with God. My hope comes from spending time in His presence. No matter what it looks like in the world, I shout. I run. I dance. I will see the fulfillment of everything the Lord has spoken. Not only has He spoken through prophecy, He has spoken of it in His Word. I cannot fail. I cannot fail seeing the fulfillment of this because I will stay in Him. I will stay in fellowship with Him. And He continually shows me His pleasure and how much He loves me. Hallelujah. 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 I'm excited to be alive at a time like this. There's this spirit trying to take over the whole world. It wants to eliminate God out of every nation, not just this nation. It wants to eliminate Christianity completely. It's Psalms chapter 2. It's the, the heathen are raging. Let's cast off his cords. Let's cast away all the boundaries of God. But, but the Lord in heaven, he laughs. <laughs> he laughs in derision. None of their plans is going to succeed. We're going to have the greatest revival, even us gray-haired ones. We're going to have, we're going to get to see the fulfillment of all these things. Hallelujah.
Amen. Well, I hope you got something out of that. I recommend this book to you. Again, you can get, find it, I'm sure. it's still. I got it a month or so ago, maybe two months ago. It's published by Bethany House. If it's not available at uh, Voice of the Martyrs, I'd really like for you to get it there because if you buy it there, it'll help Voice of the Martyrs. And uh, I just love that. I love that ministry. And uh, But you better be ready because I'm telling you, this is going to, when you read some of these things, uh, and, that, and how the people stood strong down through the centuries. I love that one about the chain. This one goes all the way back to the first link in the chain, and that's well. I guess the first link is Jesus, but the, of the Christians after him, Stephen is in here, Thomas is in here, Polycarp is in here. Some of the early, early fathers, and how they were martyred are in here. But it shows through history, different ones, and even up to modern times, 2015. 2018 it'll strengthen your resolve I'll finish with this because I see the image there's a movie that uh, uh, a DVD that Voice of the Martyrs put out called Tortured for Christ it's fairly recent there's an older version I'm talking about the more recent one that's been released within the last five years and I have that too and it talks about Richard Warmbrand and he was one of those that was arrested for being a pastor. And the reason, exactly the same thing. We'll let you out of, they wouldn't even, they didn't even say he had to recant, believe in Jesus. What they wanted was a list of the other pastors, the other Christians in the area. And he wouldn't give it to them. And there was a whole bunch of them, not only him, but a group of them that were in there all together. If I remember right, it was either 15 or 17 years. I think he had two incarcerations, but it was either 15 or 17 years. Oh, my goodness, that movie is amazing. And I've read the book. Of course, the movie had to shorten. It's just a barely a synopsis of what all really happened. But this one scene in the movie, the this same jailer kept torturing Richard Wormbrand. They'd put him in this stocks kind of thing where his feet was up and they would break all the bones in his feet. They would take hot pokers. Now, they didn't show this in the movie, but... Richard Warmbrand testified before Congress after he was released and took off his shirt. There's a picture of it in his book. Took off his shirt to show them the scars in his body. They had become expert at taking hot pokers, like a fire poker, you know, getting it glowing red hot, and they knew how to, right where to pierce all the way through the body and not hit the heart or a lung. Just torture. They didn't want to kill him. They wanted to torture him. He went through that for like 17 years. And in the movie, there's a scene, this torture guy, this, the jailer that was, would take him on a regular basis and beat him and do all that stuff to him. One time he opened up the little window slit in the Wormbrand cell and he looked in there and Wormbrand was on his knees and he was praying. And the jailer, don't, it's not exactly this, but right along this line, he says, you're never getting out of prison. We raped your wife and we killed her. We killed your son. You'll never see your family again. Your God has forsaken you if he even exists. What on what in the world are you praying for? And in the movie, Wormbrand lifts his eyes. Still, it affects me. Lifted his eyes, looked right in the eyes of that jailer. And he says, I was praying for you. Oh, God. See, I read that and I think about my shallowness. My latte is cold, you know. God, 
I need to give myself to the Holy Ghost. Make a weapon out of me. A love weapon like that. Hallelujah. But what did our Lord say in the final instructions? You're going to shout. You're going to run. And you're going to dance. And you will see the fulfillment of all these things he's promised. Because we are going to continue staying intimate with him. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. All right.